Welcome to the next best podcast with your hosts, Chris Cashman. 24 years old, a former sheet metal worker, Mr. America, and twice Mr. Universe. And Chris Daniels. Time magazine even named him Person of the Century. Now, from the CNC Podcast Factory, here's the next best podcast. And here we go again, Chris, back in the CNC Podcast studio. Like the Death Star, it is almost fully operational. It's fully operational. You can stand, you can sit, you can talk on microphones. There's padding now. It's It's been upgraded And people the love behind the scenes, so let's tell them what they can't see. You're sitting and I'm standing. I'm sitting with my feet up right now. I'm taking a position this. of yes. power. Yes, you are looking down on me right now. And you're kicking, <laughs> kicking back as we break down the latest... On the uh, Seattle Arena Saga. And we do have some fresh material this week because uh, some of the folks in the city council have gotten together. They've talked about this. Yes. Uh, the the city council candidates and the, the mayoral candidates are on the campaign trail in full swing. And uh, they, they all got together this week at the League of Women Voters Forum to talk about many issues. And... You know, what they say about the arena is of particular interest for people who have followed this story for a long time because of what has happened. Uh, boy, and it's going to make a great book someday. Yeah. Uh, what has happened over the last six months with Mayor Ed Murray. At least a Lifetime TV movie. Uh, yeah, who would, who would star in that Lifetime TV movie, though? Uh, Meredith Baxter, Bernie. Uh, I'm trying to think of who their go-to <laughs> actors and actresses are. Yasmin Bleeth could uh, probably uh, play a yeah. role. A lot yeah. of people you recognize from commercials yes. that are now playing the lead characters. Yes. That's kind of the lifetime go-to. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, obviously this this saga has taken so many twists and turns from the mayor stepping down. And, uh, you know, now there's interims and what's going to happen next. Uh, I hear from so many of our listeners that that quite simply say that they appreciate we do this because obviously you are the head of the AIC, the Arena Intelligence Committee. <laughs> um, and there's so much to keep track of. It's nearly impossible for the average fan, who I think most of the audience is, they're fans of the Sonics and of basketball. They want it back. Yes, there's a, a fraction that you know are excited about hockey i think most people see that as a you know the sidecar to the motorcycle we're right. all hoping we'll roll back into town that's all great uh, but there's so many twists and turns so many things to keep track of so we're trying to do the favor here and put this all through the juicer and just kind of deliver you depends what you like just the juice or just the pulp either or uh yeah and and we yeah we can give you the juice and the pulp but yeah. again to to give some clarity to this why this matters to hear from these candidates now. So to back up, uh, I think a lot of people know who have followed Seattle City politics or have followed this particular issue that uh, the mayor uh, was accused of some allegations, uh, Mayor Ed Murray, uh, and, and there has been uh, a series of events since. And, and to boil it down concisely, uh, Ed Murray steps aside. It triggers a whole process for somebody to fill that role. Uh, and it ends up that Seattle has three mayors in a week. Tim Burgess, uh, the right. council member, gets appointed to that. But because he vacates his seat, it means that whoever is elected to fill his seat, since he was always going to retire, uh, is going to be sworn in in November, right. earlier than expected. Right. And the same thing applies to the mayor, because that is a temporary position that who was ever elected mayor 
uh, will fill that position sooner rather than later. So they'll also go into office in November as opposed to early next year. So uh, that means that these people that are talking about the arena issue uh, amidst uh, other issues as well uh, could have a, a strong voice in this uh, because the, everybody is aiming right now for the key arena MOU to get a vote in December. Right. As the mayor had to step down or chose to step down, uh, you know, that deal with, you know, Oakview was quite literally going to be rolled yes, out at yes. that same moment. So it almost seemed like as close to a done deal as it gets. Uh, obviously, it takes a dramatic twist. As you said, then multiple people are, are hopping in the hot seat. Do they have anything more than a voice? I think fans want to know, will these people have any sort of legitimate voice beyond just influence? Because they're just kind of keeping the seat warm, right? Yeah, I mean, they when they get into office in November, it could be a week before the Key Arena MOU goes to a council vote. Uh, it, it could be a week before... Uh, the, the council gets handed off on that, and then will the mayor uh, agree to it as well? So all the deck chairs, so to speak, could be changed right uh, about as this uh, key arena issue goes uh, to both the executive and the legislative branch. And, and that's why what they're saying on a campaign trail matters, uh, because it could tilt the scales somewhat uh, for the council and for the executive branch. So for so many people who are you know, like it or not, slow to embrace fall. It's here. It's here. We're all trapped. We're going back inside. It's been a wonderful summer. A lot of people probably lost track of much of this news just because it seems like this ongoing carousel here. But uh, there are some new twists and turns. And as you mentioned, uh, just this week, some of the uh, folks involved were put in... (laughs) put, Put on the seat and put on the stage to talk about this very issue. Like it or not, it's probably at the top of the list in terms of what any of these candidates are going to get asked about. Well, it's a, it's definitely a campaign issue, and there are other significant issues in the city. But uh, because of the timing of all of this, right. it becomes a campaign issue. So uh, our own Natalie Brand at King 5 uh, was a moderator for a debate right. uh, before the League of Women Voters, sponsored by the League of Women Voters. And one of the questions she asked was about Kiarina and Soto, and what do they prefer, and what do they think about all of this? And all six uh, candidates for mayor and for council uh, answered the question. The it first looked a up, bit like high school, where you pass the microphone yes. to the candidate <laughs> next to you and say, "I will have burritos at lunch. I'll bring back the candy sales." Uh, so it quite literally was them passing the microphone right. down the line. We get to hear from everybody, right? Yes. And the first one up was Lorena Gonzalez, who is the incumbent on the council. Uh, and, and looking for re-election. You know, I, I do believe that the the key arena proposal that is working its way through the city council right now is an important one. Seattle Center is a uh, city asset. It's an important one for us to make sure that we're taking care of and that we continue to invest in. I'm excited about continuing to go through the council's process to make sure that we're negotiating the best deal possible under a, a, a potential memorandum of understanding with uh, the Oak View Group. That work is going to be ongoing and continuing, and I'm committed to making sure that I give it um, a fair shake to make sure that 
that uh, the taxpayers of the city of Seattle get the best deal deal possible. The Soto Arena deal is not ready for us to, to consider yet. I think that uh, I expressed some concerns about that particular proposal um, back in May of 2016. I am waiting to see if those issues have been addressed, particularly around transportation impact um, and some public benefit issues. And I'm excited about seeing a potential package from our Seattle Department of Transportation and Design Review Commission that addresses the issues that many of us, five of us on the city council, uh, expressed back in May. All right, Chris, so a short excerpt there and her reaction, uh, pretty much a similar tune she's been singing. Yeah, I think that what she is saying there, if you read between the lines, is, hey, there's only one proposal before the council right now. The street vacation was stalled last year by the the vote that she made, uh, along with four other council members. Uh, and, and that deal, uh, even though the Hanson Group has reapplied, is not before the council right now. So uh, it, it provides some political cover in that statement, so to speak, to say... Yeah, she keeps pointing back to May yeah. and, and our issues. And I know a lot of people are going to want to know, certainly from the fan side, what are those issues? What What is she talking about? Is she talking about Occidental? Is she? I mean... Transportation, freight mobility, and public financing. Public financing has been addressed by the Hanson Group in a formal letter saying they will privately finance the entire deal. Right. Transportation has changed since May of last year because the city is moving forward on the Lander Street overpass and there's going to be a dead end three blocks down uh, from where Chris Hansen wants to build his arena. So those things have changed, but the fact that SDOT, the Seattle Department of Transportation, has not put forward the street vacation petition again before the council makes it easy for Gonzalez to say we're focused on Key Arena right now and moving forward with Key Arena. All right, so we know where she stands. Uh, who do we hear from next? Her opponent, Pat Mirakami, who is a Mount Baker resident, small business owner. Yeah. Uh, she's been a civic activist. She actually has a different opinion on this and believes that there is potential for two arenas in Seattle. Well, I'd like to see Key Arena uh, redone and support hockey and the storm. I think that uh, Soto is a better place to put basketball. We already have the infrastructure there with parking structures. We can resolve some of the issues with uh, moving freight and um, moving traffic by uh, adding an off-ramp. I, I believe um, Chris Hansen's offered to add a ramp at, at his cost. And with regard to Occidental, we can slightly lower the street and build the arena, arena over the street. I mean, there are out of the, out, outside the box solutions that we can use to make it work there. And one of the reasons I prefer that also is that the uh, Soto group is locally based and I'd like to see more investment stay in our city instead of an outside group that's proposing the key arena deal. Okay, so some sound there from Mirakami. That's probably going to be popular audio to the casual fan out yes, there because that so. seems to be what you hear on the street is people saying, look, this doesn't have to be a cage match, Seattle Center versus Soto. And certainly from Chris Hansen and the Soto group, that's sort of where he's at is saying, hey, let's let's do both. Let's put our arena down here. Let's focus on basketball and what we do. You guys can do the music thing, potentially hockey over there if that's what you got. So it seems to be kind of Although it would be political to play both sides of the fence, it seems like an honest, hey, why can't we make both of these work? Yeah, I, I'm not 
sure about her vision for lowering Occidental and building the arena over the street. Right. I think the Hanson camp has always said they need the street. I think there's also a question that's been raised in the past about whether either of the leagues would really want to have a street underneath a arena like that. Uh, so I, I'm not sure if that vision really has uh, any right. sort of reality. But the idea that Key Arena can be redone for hockey in the storm and another arena could be built for basketball in the future, I, I think that's going to be interesting to see just how much attention that gets. And, and the fact uh, that, that she brought up that she'd like to see the investments stay in the city. The Soto Group is locally yeah. based. Uh, with Wally Walker and the Nordstroms and Chris Hansen, a former Seattleite, and Russell Wilson, the Seahawks quarterback. I think uh, th- that could be uh, a popular amongst some of the f- people yeah. who have followed this for and a while. And that's not a topic that's that's brought up a lot, but I think is very relevant. You know, I've lived in Seattle my entire life. Uh, there's going to be people coming and going, major corporations, money from outside places. But I do think that is a relevant topic to say, hey, let's keep in mind this Soto group that they've got local ties. Many of them were from here. Chris Hansen, of course, doesn't currently live here. uh, But that, frankly, makes it to me all the more interesting that he's still willing to invest back home where he grew up as a Sonics fan. So uh, interesting, interesting point. So Gonzalez is uh, a lot of people believe who are involved in local politics uh, and based on the primary Looks like she's going to cruise to re-election, but uh, Pat Murakami is is trying to focus on her voting record and trying right. to focus on things like this to separate herself. We, we'll see if that makes a difference. The other position uh, is the one that uh, will have a say, no doubt, in uh, November, December on all of this because of everything that we already mentioned with John Grant and Teresa Moscata. Uh, the two of them uh, running for that open seat. It was going to be open already. Right. And they also were asked about Key Arena versus Soto. And John Grant had the first uh, option, or the first chance, I should say, to, to discuss what he preferred. Um, I, I prefer the Key Arena deal. When, when I was a kid, I used to go watch uh, the Sonics play in the Key Arena. So it's not as, not, not as wild a leap to me, you know, to, to imagine that again. And I think for me, the concern is, um, you know, we can have a, a basketball arena in o- only so many places, but we only have one port. And I think it's important that we protect the maritime industry and the maritime jobs that are down there. Those are family wage jobs. And I think that on this, on the, you know, balancing those things, I think that if we can both bring the Sonics back and also protect those jobs, that's the option that I would choose. So Grant pointing in the rear view saying, hey, when I was a kid, I went to Key Arena. That's where my heart is. Uh, and also, of course, going back to the port in regards to Sodo, uh, which, of course, is a legitimate issue, but it seems to me that it's kind of one of those easy things to to throw out there as, hey, hey, we can't ruin the port. We've got one port that's vital to this city. And I, I just don't think that you can continue to state it almost as fact that putting in this Sodo arena down here will decimate the port and ruin that business and make it impossible for these trucks to get around. Yeah, the the only thing I would say on this with what John Grant just uh, had to say there is he's been consistent right. for a few years now. He ran for council once before against Tim Burgess uh, for this seat. He said the same thing then that he is saying now. Uh, this should not be a surprise to anybody 
that he prefers Kiarina over Soto. Uh, what uh, his opponent said, uh, Teresa uh, Mosqueda, and I, I have a bad habit of mispronouncing her right. name, uh, but she uh, she kind of left the door open a little bit for Soto. Here's what she had to say. So I have three principles. Number one, we should have no public dollars invested in this. Number two, we have to mitigate for the impact on transit. And number three, we have to make sure that our industries are protected. And so when I look at the key conversation, uh, I think that we see many opportunities there to make sure that Key Arena is successful, which is critical because it's a public good, right? This is a public asset. We have to renovate this beautiful um, area, which is, by the way, um, a mile away from my house, which I get to run <laughs> through the area all the time. We need it to be revenue generating. And in order to do so, we must upgrade it. So I'm interested in seeing the proposal as it moves forward at Key. However, if the conversation moves forward, forward around Soto as well. I don't think one necessarily needs to be pitted against the other. As long as there's no public dollars, it doesn't impact our industry and that it doesn't impact our transit. I have every single maritime union that's supporting me, folks who want to see a thriving port in our beautiful deep water port there. That is a priority of mine, but it's also an opportunity for us to see how we can grow the city to meet our city's needs. So straddling the fence there again a little bit, once again pointing to the no public dollars, uh, you know, we don't want it to impact industry. What about transit? Which, again, every time I hear that, I, I always, uh, I, I imagine the uh, eye roll emoji uh, because I really think it is a bit silly to to say traffic down there. That's going to be a mess. Kirina, we can make it work. We can well, make it work. <laughs> the, the, after covering this for so long, I, I would say the thing that is sometimes... Uh, Impact kind of it's kind of it's kind of crazy that some of the arguments made against Soto are the some of the same arguments made uh, about doing something at Seattle Center sure, about right. how much parking there is yeah. within walking distance and uh, whether the walking distance is too long in Soto doesn't seem to be the same issue if you're walking from 15 minutes away near Seattle Center it, it, you can't really use the same argument. Uh, uh, against one place and use it for another. It's, it seems like uh, that's been kind of funny to, to watch as we talk about transportation and mobility at either site. But, uh, you know, what was interesting about what uh, uh, Teresa had to say is that she said, if the conversation moves forward around Soto, uh, I don't think one necessarily needs to be pitted against the other. So, again, somebody opening up the door for maybe talking about two different locations with uh, two different arenas. Uh, and and frankly, she talked about the opportunity to see how the city can grow. Uh, we all know the north side of downtown with South Lake Union is getting more and more congested. There is more and more construction, uh, more high rises being built. Uh, the density is higher there. Right. And at some point in time, whether it be next year, 10 years, 20, 50 down the road, the only way the city will grow is to the south. And whether that includes the Port of Seattle or whether it doesn't include the Port of Seattle in the conversation, uh, it, it seems like that's what she's alluding to there is, is the city growing at, certain, at a certain point. Maybe it's an opportunity to see uh, how the city can grow. Well, and certainly with the influence of uh, Amazon and, and now even Facebook's over there and Expedia and, uh, you know, Paul Allen's Brain Institute, all of these massive companies that have, have plopped down in the past few years in that area. Uh, I mean, like it or not, when you hear one of the most obvious solutions is, hey, people can walk. 
hey, this is a walkable area. You know, that mm-hmm. tells you what the transportation, the transit issue is something that there perhaps quite literally is no solution for. Right. Other than if we just start kicking people out. Half right. you guys got to go. You know, that's the reason they post those signs inside ballrooms that say fire code 350 people. Uh, we've probably already expanded our, our waistband here. Uh, transit is going to be an obvious problem in either place. And for shots across the bow to, to point as, you know, that being an issue that gives one the edge is probably a bit silly, don't you think? Yeah. And, and transportation is going to be the biggest issue with either of these locations. Right. And you would hope that given all the discussion around Soto that it's discussed as much with Key Arena. I mean, where it could be a, a bigger issue, a bigger issue for people who live in that neighborhood uh, than freight down in Soto. But you would hope that the council, uh, and, and again, by all indications, it looks like the city is going down that road about doing something in Seattle Center, that the council uh, has as uh, much uh, of a stringent review of transportation in Lower Queen Anne, Uptown, uh, South Lake Union as they have in Soto. Now, the mayor's race uh, between Jenny Durkin and Carrie Moon. Right. Uh, they were also asked about this at the League of Women Voters Forum. First up, uh, Jenny Durkin. And again, uh, we should point out that the mayor will be in office for any potential vote by the council. So right. they, they their opinion does matter here. Absolutely. And here's what Jenny Durkin had to say. I totally, um, look, we have a um, great opportunity here. I think we have a great opportunity to redevelop part of our city to get back major sports. But I agree we have to do it in a way that makes sense on a couple of things. Number one, looking at this, we have to see what comes out of council. They're doing some heavy negotiation right now because none, none of the proposals as we know them will be what a mayor has to look at. But there's three principles as well. Number one, each of the locations has its own transportation challenges and transit challenges. And we have to make sure that those are addressed. Number two, the public can't pay for it. We cannot build a public facility that is going to be for billionaire owners to have a sports and the public is left paying the rent. I think that's just a critical thing. And three, we have to protect the industrial lands. Um, those industrial lands jobs are part of the diversity of our city. They are critical. We will never get them back if we lose them. So it sounds a bit like instant replay of uh, some previous comments. Um, I, I would say not taking a definitive stance. I, I would say the criticism of Jenny Durkin during this campaign has been a lack of specifics. Right. If you hear that from people, or I've heard that from people in right. the political community that uh, there there are some one-liners and uh, it just uh, not a significant position statement. I don't think he had a significant position statement there uh, from her as well. And her defense, that is politics, right? That is politics. Very few, uh, she kind of takes the Russell Wilson approach to press <laughs> conferences where, you know what? You just probably, compared Jenny Durkin with Russell Wilson. Well, and, I, and believe me, I'm a, I'm a huge <laughs> fan of number three. But we all know that Russell is very calculated. He is very rarely going to say something off the cuff right. that has not uh, either been said by someone else or has been vetted and is a safe uh, thing to say. So uh, she didn't really uh, make any waves with that. No, I don't think that was a, a big game-changing statement by her. Carrie Moon, though, uh, this was interesting, and she said it a couple of times this week about how she feels about Key Arena and a renovation there. 
It, it sounds like something she supports, but there is a big caveat. I am in agreement with a lot of the comments already said here. I think we need to absolutely protect the public interest, make sure that we are not putting any money, public money into this. I would like to make Key Arena work, and I want to really applaud City Council and the awesome women who stood up for making the arena work um, and keep going down that path. I think we have to be really careful about making sure that there are viable solutions for transportation to and from because we cannot allow people that drive to the arena and continue to make traffic worse in an already congested neighborhood. We have to find alternatives. And I want to make sure we're making, taking care of the local small business in the area. And, you know, an entertainment district like that, an entertainment venue like that, needs to have a good relationship and a synergy with the local small business to make sure they're thriving at the same time. I would be a little bit concerned. I want to make sure I look at all the details around the deal with Live Nation because Live Nation is, uh, can really do harm to the local music industry. So I want to make sure we get the deal right with Live Nation. But I would like to support making Key Arena work because, again, we need to protect industrial land. Once it's gone, you never get it back. And we've got to preserve that for family wage jobs. So obviously, Chris, something jumps off the page uh per se, from that soundbite and that she is specifically referencing. Although I like this Key Arena idea, Live Nation, be careful of Live Nation. I, I thought it was very interesting. I mean, that's uh, she's she's throwing stones at Live Nation there. And for people who don't and, quite understand the correlation, yeah. let's explain their relationship with the Oakview Group, who is leading the charge. They are Arena. an equity partner and say they're in. They have a local office here. And if you don't know what Live Nation is, you've seen them on your ticket stubs to they, some of the concerts they, you go uh, to. They have the Gorge. They, they right. run a lot of uh, concerts in the area. Uh, they are one of the biggest companies for, for concert, music, entertainment in the country. Uh, they are an equity partner with this, with the Oakview Group, uh, and, and will be the concert promoter out of this building. So the fact that Carrie Moon took a shot at, at them there, uh, saying that she, it sounds like she's supportive of Key Arena, but, you know, maybe not with Live Nation, I, th I think, uh, is is going to generate some waves. And it's easy to pull sound bites like that, sometimes out of context, or you just hear that and you go, well, maybe that's misleading. Maybe that was a one-time statement. Not so, actually, earlier in the week, she said something similar, right? Yeah, at another forum that was at KEXP right next to Key Arena. Here's right. what she had to say. With regards to Key Arena, I think we have to be really careful. Honestly, I think... Live Nation is a scary partner to work with because they drive out local bookers and the ability for other venues to get shows, so we have to be really careful. But I think we need to look at how can we develop Key Arena in a way that provides the most public benefit, that creeps creative culture here in the city along with sports because sports are a great unifier and a great um, community asset. But we have to also be careful about making sure local businesses can thrive and make sure we deal with the transit question and the transportation challenges. Wow. So even more pointed in the uh, warns, warnings of caution towards Live Nation. Yeah. and uh, They're dangerous. Uh, they're dangerous, dangerous and scary uh, is... Uh, <laughs> kind of how she paints the pictures, uh, a picture of them, well, can I think really do harm to the local music industry, she right. said. But it is an interesting point. It goes back to that local investment. You know, if you had, if all things were equal, wouldn't you want the person, you know, 
in the front of the pack here, someone local who's got Seattle's best interests, or at least has ties here and might take it personally where this goes. I think perhaps that's what she's talking about with Live Nation. And this is a massive group, massive company, concerts all over the, the country and around the world, uh, and that they wouldn't necessarily have Seattle's best interests in mind. And uh, that, you know, in a city like Seattle that is certainly known for its music scene, that's a that's a that's a big uh, stomping point to say, hey, remember, yeah. <laughs> remember, don't say I didn't warn you. They could cause problems for the local music scene, probably just by way of bookings, uh, venues, the rates, all of that yeah. stuff. I mean, we yeah. know more and more local artists. Heck, the most famous artist from Seattle currently is Macklemore, an independent artist, a guy who has been outspoken against companies like Live Nation and these groups saying, I don't go the way they go. Ticketmaster's not, you know, not to be left out of the conversation as well. The, the music scene has made it known that they're uncomfortable with some of the charges and the fees and, and these large companies kind of getting to separate them from their fans. Well, yeah, the large companies can control booking for multiple arenas. Right. Uh, and, and if you're not part of that company, if you don't have it a deal with that company, you can get left out of markets. So... That that's another whole conversation about Live Nation and uh, their equity stake in in this. But again, these these candidates, uh, everybody you just heard from, will have uh, likely have a say in this. I, I think one of the takeaways, though, from everything you just heard, is it seems like everybody's pretty favorable to doing something at Seattle Center, whatever that may be. Uh, and, and only a couple really left the door open to Soto if the right opportunity presents itself. But uh, I think you heard from Lorena Gonzalez, Pat Murakami, John Grant, Teresa Mosqueda, uh, uh, Jenny Durkin, and, and yeah. Terry Moon. They, they all seem to be open to doing something at Seattle Center. And, and that's why I say there, there's a tremendous amount of momentum for moving forward with the Oakview Group or uh, some other project there on the Key Arena site. And then, of course, one of the questions based on all of that, not necessarily asking you, but are they leaning that way simply because that's the route of least resistance? Well, already, it's already there. It's in our backyard. Heck, we represent the city of Seattle. That's that's like in our logo, Seattle Center. We, Of course, we've got to protect Key Arena. It, in other words, I, I don't want to say it's the lazy vote, but... Is it just because it's the easiest? I, I would say this. The, the the bottom line, it has always been part of the discussion with Soto. Uh, what do you do with Key Arena? Uh, the, the fear of having a white elephant there and a piece of that property that goes unused. When you have somebody step forward and say they are willing to spend hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. on a public park, it is awfully tough to turn that down. Leave the arena out of it. I mean, we're talking about somebody making a significant investment in a public park uh, that, depending on who you talk to, needs a tremendous amount of work to be sustainable for the, the decades to come. It is awfully tough to turn down, and that has always been a tough question for Chris Hansen's group to answer. How do you... How do you supplement that? And they have, they've come forward, uh, as you know, in the last several weeks with an idea for subdividing right. Key Arena as a way to make it work for the future. That doesn't seem to have gained any sort of traction at City Hall. 
you didn't even hear any of those candidates reference it. Right. Uh, so that that's that's the part of the equation that uh, it, that they've never been able to answer, and and that's why Oakview has a, has a leg up here is is protecting a public park, protecting a a city asset for the future. And, and as far as Oakview is concerned, they'd like to do that with an arena. And I guess I will continue to represent the side of the fan base that wonders, again, is it because that's the best choice or is it because they've already studied for that final and they don't want to do more homework with <laughs> the Chris Hansen Soto group? Because it seems like every time you think he's down and out, he steps up with some new proposal, some new idea, got the money, got the resources, but... Uh, Lately, it seems like there was an immediate rejection, and we don't. It's, it's, yeah. it's virtually them saying we don't even want to hear it. Yeah, no, I, and and I, I still think uh, the Chris Hansen group, uh, from everything I hear, it still has some cards left to play. Uh, but the the poker game, the yeah. the high stakes poker game, is is nearing the conclusion uh, with the city of Seattle, and so they're going to have to play those cards sooner rather than later. Let's talk about the timetable, Chris. What happens next? I know next week they'll be right back in the crosshairs. Tuesday right? at 5.30, there is a public meeting scheduled uh, before the Select Committee on Civic Arenas, which is uh, just a fancy way of saying it's uh, a committee within the Seattle City Council, but all the all the council members are expected to be there where the, the, the public can weigh in, testify, and there's expected to be a small presentation from the Oakview Group. So that is Tuesday at uh, 5.30 at Seattle City Hall, scheduled for the council chambers. And then we will see what comes out of that. Will there be any sort of surprises? Will we see anybody tip their hand? Uh, But this uh, appears to be moving forward uh, for a December vote uh, by the Seattle City Council. We're going to have a new twist to the show starting next week, Chris. You didn't even know this. We're going to add voicemail. Comment Ooh. line will be a part of the next best podcast because I like we that. hear so many people on Twitter and on Instagram that have these really great takes and opinions, and we want to be able to open this up to you guys so that if you have, uh, whether it's just that burning opinion or if you think you've got the solution or you've found that little loophole that nobody else is talking about, we hear from you all the time on Twitter. We want to be able to give you that. So uh, starting next week, we will open up the phone lines. <laughs> In a controlled voicemail format. Long-time listener, first-time caller. That's right. All right, good stuff. Thanks, Chris. Mm. And hey, a perk of listening to the podcast. You just got a free, scary Halloween costume idea. Go as Live Nation. On Twitter and Instagram, at Next Best Pod. Chris, I like you. I just don't think it was an incredible vocal performance. That's the point I was trying to make. This is the exclusive ending of the Next Best Podcast.